0: Welcome to episode two of the BISA Portfolio Podcast. On today's episode, BISA's Rich Blake interviews Lee Rubin, former captain of the Penn State football team and an HR leadership and team building expert. Rubin will be presenting the five components of extraordinary teams at the upcoming BISA annual convention through an all new partnership with leadership programming organization, Victory Road. In this episode, learn more about Rubin, his advice for enhancing teamwork in financial services, and what businesses can do today to improve diversity initiatives.
1: So Lee, first of all, thanks for making time to do this interview. And let me just say on behalf of the Bank Insurance Security Association that we're looking forward to the keynote address on success drivers and leadership traits that you're going to give at the BISA annual meeting in March. Sure. And looking ahead to that talk, just sort of set the stage a little. From your experiences, you know, whether playing college football or working as an HR professional with major corporations, what would you say are the keys to getting people to put the team's goals ahead of their own?
2: Great question. I, you know, I, I really believe that a leader's job is to help communicate where the, the team is trying to go, the vision of the team. And, and really being able to appeal to each individual's desire to do something bigger than they could have done by themselves. Um, you know, one of the things I open up with in, in my conversation and my talks is teens exist because there's a challenge or an opportunity that's too big for any one person to handle by themselves. So a leader's ability to connect the mission, or the goal, or the objective of the team, with what the individual player or person is trying to accomplish, um, is critical. Making that connection and, and and really appealing to them, wanting to do something bigger than themselves. If 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 they don't, they don't need to be a part of the team.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, financial services is, is is an area that is 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 crucial to people's lives. It's their retirement. It's their ability Absolutely. to pay for their kids' college. And, you know, so it's an important industry uh, around the world. As far as advice for the leaders within financial services, what 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 key piece of advice would you give?
2: Sure. So just, just a little bit about my background. I actually spent 15 years in recruitment and most of those years in recruiting financial advisors. So I've spent a lot of time in financial services. And what I've learned is most people who end up in leadership roles, were once financial advisors, right? They 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 were once in the trenches, so to speak, working with individuals, and now they move into roles in leadership. And I think what's critical for those in leadership is understanding that what we're trying to do, what we're trying to accomplish, um, as a leader, is something you aren't actually doing yourself. So much like a coach in a sport, right? You're 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 you manage the team, you lead the team, but you don't actually play the game. So to, to make that switch is, it can be difficult for leaders to, to understand that, okay, I'm not technically or physically doing the job. Um, I'm now doing it through someone else. So the leader's ability to really communicate what that goal is and focus on the goal as opposed to focus on what they're doing and to empower those people that are actually doing the work to get it done.
1: Yeah, you know you, uh, your background. I was very interested to see you played football uh, at a high level at Penn State, and that's that's a, a breeding ground unto itself for, for for a leadership role. What can bank and insurance organizations do to better prepare leaders? Uh,
2: so I, I think it's critical that as as we're moving people into leadership and and developing them, uh, again, most of them are coming from the ranks of advisors or practitioners and and making sure that they're strategic in how they think and they're working through other people. Um, I'm a big Stephen Covey fan, um, uh, the gentleman who wrote the book, uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, Mm -hmm. and one of his concepts is begin with the end in mind. Where are we trying to go? what are we trying to accomplish as a team as a group um, and helping create that environment helping empower those people who work for you who are actually the practitioners and getting it done um, I, I just think it's critical that that you become a bit more strategic and more visionary in, in a leadership role than actually being a practitioner. It's critical that you understand the job which is why I think many leaders were former practitioners. Um, but but being a whole lot more strategic and visionary and trying to get the team to, to where it is they want to be. Um, a, a, another leadership expert, a gentleman named John Maxwell, says the, the, the goal is more important than the role, right? Getting there, getting our people there, servicing our customers and getting them and accomplishing their particular goals is more important than me being a leader um, and sort of Pounding my chest and and saying hey, now I'm the manager, uh, but but really again empowering the individuals who work for you to, to meet the needs of their customers.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, we're living in a incredible age in terms of technology. Innovations are. are- Are happening every day so you know it's there's no denying technology is a major factor in financial services how teams work together how leaders communicate how people stay on the same same page especially within financial services so pivoting to that sort of technology backdrop can can you can you speak to pros and cons of, of incorporating tech into a into a team into a team's workflow
2: Absolutely, I think technology now allows us to communicate at a much higher level. It allows us to automate and systematize certain tasks that required hours and hours of time to do before. So, it, 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 it I think in this business, those two things are critical, right? to minimize the amount of time that we're spending on rote tasks, on on things, on on redundant things. So freeing up that time to, again, to better service our customers and our clients. And then facilitating communication on a much higher level. Um, There's there's so much information that's available. There's so many ways that we can communicate with one another um, for for the sake of of sharing information and sharing best practices. I just think it's critical that we leverage it properly. Uh, The risk, though, is making sure we don't waste time (laughs) because there's access to so much information. Um, You know, one of the things that's critical is uh, in this business, certain things just have to get done. Um, We've got to communicate with our clients. We've got to make sure that we are updating our clients properly. And so there's resources and technology to facilitate that what we can't do is get caught up in the minutia and just spend a lot of time getting absolutely nowhere. So, yeah. so, you know, again, processes and systems that are there, um, we just got to leverage them to accelerate what we do and facilitate the type of communication that our clients need.
1: Yeah. It's, um, information overload. I was speaking yeah. with the CEO of a, of a small company. So, um, who made a? She made a New Year's resolution. Uh, she Was going to get up at 4:30 a.m. every morning just to go through emails that uh, she had been inundated with emails, and who knows how long that will last. But but that's that's the sort of thing where uh, you know everyone's inbox is filled, but you know to sort of prioritize and and have to deal with so much. Uh, and any any thoughts on? On, on just email and, and in general, in terms of communication, it is a lot.
2: Sure. What, what what I can share are some of the best practices that I've heard from both leaders and practitioners. Um, again, it, it all really starts with communication. They're letting their clients know um, that here's what I plan to do and here's what they typically share. Um, most of my time is spent with clients like you. Um, i check my email periodically i don't respond every time i hear a ding because that sort of it 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 makes my day a bit crazy it doesn't allow me to get into a flow so i will check my email three times a day Uh, if you need to email me understand that i'll get back to you after one of those i'm not going to respond to you immediately setting that expectation right up front um and 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 then you're uh, once again you're Better able to manage your time and your day, um, and not be a, a prisoner to the dings and beeps and buzzes that come with um, technology being a twenty-four-seven, having it being available twenty-four-seven. So the whole idea with technology is to leverage it and manage it, not have it leverage and manage you. To be in control and not have it control you.
1: I'm going to shift gears, Lee. Um... One key focus, a real challenge for financial services, is building uh, diverse teams. Um, is there anything, as an African American who's who's succeeded in the corporate world and and seen it firsthand, how, your experience versus um, you non-minorities? Sure. What advice do you have for the leaders in a in a traditionally non-minority banking and insurance sector to attract a more diverse workforce?
2: So Rich, my experience in financial services was, as I mentioned, was primarily in HR and recruiting. 90% of that time I was, spent, I was spent by me doing diversity recruiting. So a lot of initiatives to hire diverse workforces, to hire diverse financial advisors. And here's what I've learned. Attracting a diverse workforce is pretty easy. It, it, it really is right there there's pools of candidates you can find them you can hire them i think that's the easy part the challenge is creating a culture within your organization that makes it welcoming inviting and quote unquote sticky for them to be there so you know those organizations who didn't do it well hire 10 and a year later let 10 go or 10 left <laughs> So, so the attraction part, in um, and, and, in all fairness, I think is, is is pretty easy. However, making, creating a culture where people stay, where people are valued, where people are developed, where people feel appreciated, is a different challenge. So, the great organizations have figured that out. They they they, they engage in open and honest communication. They do more listening than telling um, so that they understand um, the perspectives of those individuals that they bring into their organizations. Um, I don't need to just hire you and and, and be able to count you for me to have success. If I'm really gonna have success in developing a diverse workforce, um, I'm going to appreciate and hear and, make use of your perspective which is a, a, a new and different perspective one that I didn't have before we brought you into this organization. Mhm.
1: Now Lee, I know you've um get very high marks for the for the talks that you give and I I think one of the reasons you're so engaging is because your style is is very conversational. You're 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 very endearing in in that way. So I was I was in in that you know to to give us a, a preview of what you're going to be covering at the uh, BISA annual convention in March. Also give us a sense of, of your style, of your style of how you
2: approach a keynote address. <laughs> sure. I, I, I don't see myself as a speaker an orator, a, uh, a lecturer. Um, I, I think th- that the, the whole idea is sharing information, which is a conversation. Um, I, I, so I, I try to be uh, as conversational as possible and give information in a way that is both valuable and engaging and maybe even entertaining for the audience. Who wants to hear facts that are that bore you to death for an hour, right? So, yeah. like, I can read that. Um, Will you be using slides? You know, I, I don't use slides. I'm not a PowerPoint <laughs> person. Um, I think if, if if I'm not interesting enough, then you should check your Twitter account.
1: <laughs> but hey, but um, it, I was I was just gonna I was just gonna say that the financial advisory corner of the world um, is shifting. One that used to be dominated by a model where uh, producers. We're we're on their own. It was it was dog eat dog. It was Absolutely. it was, may the best man win. And now there seems to be a shift toward a team, teamwork, team culture. And in the and in that context, spe- you know, specifically addressing that that transformation, how how will that how will that play out? What can leaders of these financial firms do? To make that transformation happen?
2: Well, I'm, I'm surprised it's taken so long. It, it, it only makes sense, right? As I mentioned earlier in, in the, the, the premise of my talk is teams exist because there's a challenge or there's an opportunity that's too big for one person to handle by themselves. There's, there, there's so much that goes into properly servicing a client that uh, one person is going to have a difficult time doing it by themselves. One person may be a great salesperson. They can go out and attract clients. Another person may be great in the relationship building aspect of it. Another person may be strong in the operational person uh, in the operational aspect of managing that account or managing that business um, and doing it by yourself as one person um, you you lose and you miss so many other aspects of what it takes to run a great business and to properly service your client. It, it only makes sense. Well, let's let's take the best aspects of different individuals and have them work together. We're able to supplement and complement what the others do. Um, why haven't we been in teams much sooner than we are now? It it's it, it, it's it's a no brainer. It's a no brainer. And that way, you get to focus on what you do best.
1: You know, I, I have to I have to ask you this: Why are the New England Patriots <laughs> continuously? either in the AFC Championship or in the Super Bowl? Is it Belichick? Is it Brady? Is it both?
2: It is all of the above. And there's one other thing that's important. And, you know, from someone who lives in the New Jersey area, close to the Giants and the Jets, it's hard for me to compliment the New England Patriots. However, what they have done is they have maintained a high level of consistency right? It, it, it's they. The, so if, if you talk to those who are part of their organization behind closed doors and how they practice and how they watch film and how they prepare other than letting air out of balls. <laughs> um, Prepar- Preparation,
1: uh, game planning would definitely seem to be their forte. They,
2: they, they are extremely consistent. And what I share with individuals, it's not good enough to be phenomenal periodically. The the extraordinary teams, extraordinary individuals are consistent. And that's all in how you prepare.
1: Lee, tell us about Victory Road.
2: So I, I've been working with Chris Ferriolo and Victory Road for a couple years now, and I'm really excited about being a part of that team. Um, Chris does an amazing job of, of bringing a number of, of of leaders and speakers and consultants and trainers um, as a part of his team for the reasons that we talked about, right? It, it, like. One, Lee Rubin can't do everything that Victory, the Victory Road umbrella is able to do. And Chris has been masterful in putting people together and, and putting together a really comprehensive and complete team to really meet the needs of our clients and make sure that when we talk about leadership, we're, we're coming at it from a number of different angles, whether it be athletics or the military or corporate backgrounds, and really making sure that we're giving something full and comprehensive to our clients.
1: Lee, if there's one aspect of teamwork and team building, a key element that you want BISA members to come away with, what would that be?
2: I I think it's important that leaders understand that teams are more than a collection of talent, right? We, 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 We go out and we try to find the best. We look for A players and we hire these great individuals. But I think it's important to understand that teams are more than a collection or an assembly of talent. The great leaders, the great organizations focus on the stuff, the soft stuff, the intangibles, the sticky stuff that really build the relationships and make teams work together. Because once again, it's really not about what one person can do on their own. If you're ever going to achieve something bigger than yourself, you're going to have to work with people other than yourself. And so focusing on the stuff that brings us together is really what's critical for extraordinary teams.
1: Well, I know that I'm gonna leave this conversation coming back to that idea that, that no man is an island. That exactly. Lee, so Lee, I really enjoy our conversation. And again, we're looking forward to that talk that you're gonna give in March. Thanks so much for your time
2: today. Rich, really appreciate your time. Thanks for the opportunity. It was a blast, thank you.
0: Great. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. Be sure to check out Lee Rubin's breakout session on Friday, March 8th, as well as the other leadership-oriented programming from Victory Road at the annual convention. Find more information on the convention on our website.